Hey everyone, this is Doctors Who Create, it's Darlena, and I'm very excited today because we have a very special interview. I'm here with my intern class, and we wanted to talk a little bit about how we fit creativity into our lives during intern year and how we've created a community amongst ourselves. So. Uh, we had a nice day at retreat today where we had a chance to bond and reflect about how these past few months have been. We all met each other in June and in the very few short months I feel like we got, we've gotten really close as a group and what do you all think led to that? Well, I feel like slightly intrepid following that wonderfully eloquent introduction <laughs> um, but I, I you know I think this is such an interesting question Darlena especially because I've had a lot I've talked to a lot of friends and residencies who started during COVID and their experiences like forming community have just been so varying in quality and how much connection that they actually have with each other um, I, I, I do want to just start by saying I feel so happy and grateful and lucky that our class has really formed such deep friendships with each other. I think that a lot of us came to this program since we're working at a public hospital uh, where we're all pretty, I'd say we're mission driven, but are all also people who have had external life experiences that influences the way that we see medicine, the way that we practice, and. Um, the way that we see ourselves as doctors in the future and I think just having that base and kind of being in a place within this pandemic where we're able to spend time with each other led to a lot of wonderful things and led to a lot of wonderful bonding over the past couple of months. Yeah, the timing of it I think was a, a big deal because we were all, you know, COVID is definitely still happening but I think the summer felt like a period of time where things were finally looking like they were starting to turn a corner and then there's all that like bubbling excitement and that need and drive to be social with other people. Totally. Like almost like emerging from something, right? Yeah. Like a sense of vulnerability. Like I, I need to be around other people and be my whole self yes. with other people because I haven't done that in so long. Yeah. So part of it was circumstance, but I feel like we also, as a class, were very intentional about connecting with one another. Mm. What sort of strategies would you recommend to other people that we did? Well, I will say that from the, from jump, it feels like we were very intentional about trying to do something all together at least once a week. And it was funny because I had a friend from home visit, and she, she's an EM physician, and her husband's a pediatrician. So I was telling them, like, it was the day we went to the, the escape room. And so, so I'm like, oh, you know, like, I, I can't be here too long. Like, we grab coffee, but I, I gotta go because I'm doing an escape with my intern class. We try to do something once a week. They looked at each other like, oh, that's very psychiatry. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> just, just, I guess, be so intentional about community building. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's also nice that we're in a program where that's, it feels like that's something that the program directors also value. And so it's been easier, I think, at an institution where the culture is very person-focused and people-driven yeah. and community-driven rather than you're just given a ton of tasks at the beginning, you're, you're running around trying to just adjust to intern year that we were given that initial period just kind of acclimate. And I feel like for me, I felt like that emphasis already started with the interviews actually, like, like how much the culture of our program um, focuses on like personality and what values drive you, not only as a a physician but as 
uh, just a person in life. And I, because I, I remember so distinctly in my interview, I was kind of shocked by how personal the question, not, not personal in an intrusive way, but it really felt like our, my interview had been structured around like, like what was challenging for me, like what lessons had I learned and, and those kinds of questions rather than like, you know, talking about achievements and like reflecting on like professional difficulties. They were all like more personal challenges that um, they asked about. I don't know if y'all had those kinds of similar experiences in your interviews. It, and I remember us getting together for the first time and feeling the sense that they, through the match process, we've been like, given a curated set of like <laughs> the term and, like yeah. friend like group yeah. and it still very much feels like that and I think it's because all of us identify with this like characteristic sort of flavor of our program. We're all different and have like passions within the field of psychiatry but like the general like core of our like ideology and mission is similar. So I think we're able to have really in-depth conversations about like a lot of things related to life and practice of medicine and practice of psychiatry. And at the same time, we can like have fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I feel like we went from hi, nice to meet you too. These were my former childhood experiences. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, kind of circling back to Darlena's original question of like, oh, what were ways that um, we specifically like started feeling closer. Um, I, I do feel like our f the first few times that we met up were totally, like before we even started working formally as residents, so I feel like the context of that was really important because we had already, you know, once we knew who everyone else was in the class, we like had set up a group message, we were like chit-chatting in a group thread, we set up times to um, kind of have virtual um, talks, which were really fun, but, you know, obviously not still, <laughs> not absolutely not the same. They were, uh, to be, like, totally, um, like, honest, I, 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 like, hate those kinds of things, and I felt, like, very awkward in our initial group video chat, even though I had a lot of fun, and it was cool seeing people, like, at that time, we liked each other enough to be like, hey, like, we should definitely meet up and, like, try to hang out as a group, um, before like the craziness of residency starts. And I think being intentional about that and having a lot of moments um, <laughs> to like connect and just like have fun, just like just have fun and be silly and, and also talk about deep, vulnerable, scary things was like, for, like incredibly formative to our relationships building. I really like the game that you introduced. We're not really strangers. This is not yeah. sponsored. Not a sponsored yes. episode. Yes. But, but I really felt like that was such a good way to kind of cut through the small talk and get into deeper stuff early yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. And we were just uh, hanging out in my living room playing We're Not Really Strangers, um, which is you know basically a game with kind of conversation topics on the card, but it's meant to be played between two people. And we kind of just actually like would take turns pulling a card and actually everybody would <laughs> answer that card and there would be a fruitful conversation following about, you know, whether that was processing a personal um, past experience that someone had or responding to it or kind of working through it together. I don't know. It, it was 
it was really interesting, and I think it was it was actually really important for the way that we got to know each other. And yeah. I remember like this moment when we were playing the game where like we were about three cards in, but I think we were like three or four hours into our discussion. <laughs> yeah. And like each card like led to this like amazing like deep discussion about yes. like everything under the sun. And I just like remember thinking, wow, this is like being on a really good date. Like, yeah. <laughs> school flies by so quickly because you're so busy and so I've had a lot of experiences where it was difficult to be vulnerable because everyone else is just hunkering down and just trying to get work done because mm -hmm. that's just the kind of environment that our healthcare system has encouraged and um, I think I honestly felt pretty jaded by the end of medical school but kind of coming into this space where vulnerability was incredibly valued both by the program at large and by us kind of as self-selecting folks who loved it and like really drawn to it um i think kind of set us off on the right foot to be like okay yeah like we're gonna prioritize like really getting to know each other really holding space for each other like through good and through really tough times definitely an ongoing process because mm -hmm. i feel like in the beginning of the year it was a lot easier when we had more of that time during orientation and now as we're all off on different rotations some people are in internal medicine some mm -hmm. people are not and it's just finding that time gets a lot harder but yet we still manage to be here <laughs> i know i will also say that even though it might be difficult to meet as a group something that has been kind of nice is i feel like now i've got individual relationships with all of y'all mm -hmm. instead of just like a relationship yeah. with a collective yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How do you think that started for you? I think it just became, like, I'm new to the city. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I was getting very antsy and, like, kind of pooped in my apartment. So I, I feel like I was very aggressive. I'm like, hey, is anybody free? Yeah. Does anybody want to, like, grab lunch, grab dinner, get a drink, go to this thing? Yeah. Um, and it's still something I'm trying as I'm still getting used to a new place. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really glad that I have, like, seven friends from jump to do things with absolutely I, I remember i don't know if it was myself or someone else who mentioned this but it really felt like a freshman like dorm mm -hmm. like you know group of friends who are kind of or a group of new friends who are new to an area and wanting to just like be super social and doing things like it, it really felt like that in the beginning of residency like i remember just i would have a really low threshold to just like shoot a text in the group message and be like hey you know, going to lunch here, if anyone wants to come, like, come through. Things like that were, like, so casual and so fast, but I think, you know, I still think about that as, like, a key part of our having, getting to know each other. Are we sophomores now? Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know, it, it feels like we've been through a lot already <laughs> in the residency. I will also say that something I've noticed everybody kind of doing individually is, I don't know if this is just, like, again, like, who we are as people or the culture we fostered, I feel like there is very much this like culture of checking in. That reminds me of the topic of like forming individual friendships, which you know I think is so important. Having rich ways of relating to each other, not only as a group of co-interns, but having our individual friendships. I do remember after that game, we're not really strangers. That like led to a few hangouts between us and some really cool conversations where we were able to connect on, you know, similarities and our childhoods and the way we were brought up, mm -hmm. various psych things. 
I remember at one point you saying that like we had like grown up very differently or we were very different people and then like as we talked more we had found like a lot of things that yeah. were common experiences. Yes. Yeah. What kind of allowed you or pushed you to kind of um, extend that uh, moment of connection to me? Yeah. It was just like what you said was so specific that it was like I feel like I've had this experience and it has like completely shaped who I am and it's, it always felt like very specific to me and then you said the exact same thing. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> definitely learned a lot about each other and I feel like the more I learn about all of you everyone has such creative things in their lives like that makes them who they are and I was wondering if anyone wants to share a little bit more about what hobbies they've managed to keep going during intern year and balance their work life with their personal life. For me it's podcasting so it's <laughs> still making it happen. I mean, Darlena, you know this about me, but I've danced, I've danced for years. Um, I'm always that, I think I said during my interview, when they asked about hobbies, like, yeah, I'm the friend who, like, takes all of her friends out to dance at any point in time. <laughs> um, but I think it's been fortunate, again, that I've been in a program that's allowed me to do so, but I've been able to take dance classes, I've been able to travel to take dance classes, I've been able to go out casually with friends, I've, like, had so many opportunities to be like, hey, guys, like, want to do this like fun dancing thing or like to connect with other people that I know in the area and be like hey like do you want to take a class with me? It's been fortunate living in a city where there's just so much activity and with COVID opening up dance is a fun activity where we can connect through movement um, especially working in a job that's built on like talking and verbal connections it's been nice to incorporate that into my life. I feel very lucky that our leadership and program creates mm. spaces and like normalizes the fact that we should and can have work-life balance um, and the fact that we have the space today mm -hmm. I think is because they've taken like or made an active priority out yeah. of people being able to explore themselves and explore mm -hmm. their relationships with like whether it be like co-interns or like um, other friends and, yeah. um, and I think that's just so important that it's not just lip service or like it's it's not an expectation placed on like the trainees themselves but that the program itself and like the leadership itself actually normalizes and mm -hmm. sets the standard for how we should do it mm -hmm. um, because I think it's really hard for trainees who in like a lot of ways is at the bottom of the totem pole to be yeah. able to say these are the things I'm going to do for myself mm -hmm. um, and I really appreciate that it, one of the first times we met our program director was like, take the time to be yourself. Like there are times that you will be more busy and there will be times where you're less busy on rotations. And it's totally okay <laughs> for you to like take care of yourself and those like, and like just embody the less busy part of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because that's how life rolls and yeah. you don't have to be busy all the time. I think this whole person perspective is also like, like, at least for me particularly, highlighted in my interview, again, drawing from like prior points. Like, and not only did I get asked questions, but why do you want to be a psychiatrist? Who is your most difficult patient? Tell me about yourself. But it was also like referencing, I had 
a choreographed a piece to Brahms Symphony Number no. Three, Movement Four, which is an incredibly dramatic piece in F major. This makes me sound like a nerd. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, the person I was interviewing with at the time, a fourth year, now a fourth year, is a classical pianist and completely understood the reference. And so we had a half hour long discussion about what this piece meant to us and and like how it we incorporated it into our identities as people. And I was like, yeah, this this is how I know that I can like have a real conversation with the person. This is not just a job interview. This is like, a, oh, can I work with you? Can I rely on you? Like, are you going to see me like wholly for who I am? Not just, oh, here this, here's the skills I bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. In, a, in a similar vein, my interview, the entire thing was just like, what is your ideal world? And like, what are the barriers to get from our world now to that world? <laughs> how did you get such a perfect question on who you are? That is amazing. Yeah, it's a very scene. But yeah, I feel like that's an element of creativity that I guess we haven't really like touched on yet, mm -hmm. is that all of us have this kind of like idea that something is not quite right in the way that we practice psychiatry and the way that we practice medicine mm -hmm. and like all of us are very thoughtful about that and like are making time for each other to like discuss like ways that our system could be improved that that is so interesting because i feel like a lot of this conversation has been around us feeling that we were kind of selected into a culture of a culture that, that, that really allowed us to connect with each other and be whole humans and form community and all of that. I didn't think so much about like, or I, I guess as you, as everyone was talking, I was wondering like, well, like how do we carry that culture forward? Mm -hmm. Like how do we, how are we going to make sure that this culture stays, um, stays true to like what the, the next generation of whoever is hired or whoever is entering our residency. And it, it's so cool to hear you like crystallizing that, that we are so reflective and self-introspective is is so powerful and in naming that it makes me feel better about being able to like carry that forward because you know we, we've, we've spoken a lot about like the culture of this program and what we value but being able to name that specific trait helps me kind of like think about that as something to be more intentional about as I move forward in residency, so. And I think for anyone applying to residencies now as ERAS season is going on, something that they can look out for, because I feel yeah. like we all applied in the virtual cycle and that's mm -hmm. still gonna be the case this year, but there mm -hmm. wasn't actually a lot of this information that I felt like I got a sense of even yeah. virtually. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say the programs that, um, the programs with a very distinct culture truly stood out to me during interview season. Mm -hmm. Like people were so considerate and self-reflective and honest about all aspects of residency and their experiences. And I would definitely encourage people who are, you know, going through the process to, to pay attention to that and pay attention to how they feel walking away from an interview. Good advice. Yeah. And then since this is a creativity podcast, I would also yeah. say that some people who are applying are going through like a super stressful time in their life to have some kind of outlet for that stress, mm. um, you know, whether that be dance or exercise. I think most of the creative things I do actually started like as a stress response. <laughs> um, what are what are those things that help clear your mind? I think the thing that I do the most that is creative is like cooking and baking, mm. um, and that started when I was taking the MCAT, 
and it was just like super stressed but like studying all the time um and it was like july 4th and my friend were having barbecue was like okay i don't know when i'm gonna ring i'll just bake a pie because like, i heard they're complicated <laughs> and like, you know who am i if not an overachiever <laughs> um and yeah like, like cooking and baking is like a really good way of like putting the brain on hold and like doing something with my hands and it is, a, it is an arena of my life where it's okay to fail and make something that is not, not pretty or even like not good tasting because like, what does it matter? Like I made a bad pie. I throw the pie away and I make a new one. I made a lot of bread during the virtual season. I needed I I I a lot of scarves. Um, my, my deepest, truest self is Nahuela, who's like, you know, just sitting with her tea. Yes. And actually that is something that I, that my grandmother did. Um, oh. when we were kids, like she would crochet blankets. So I've got like oh. blankets at home that like she made oh, for my brother and I. Um, so it's kind of cool to be like, oh, like my grandma used to do this and that is now so I know. Cool. Big womb energy. <laughs> and we love him for it. There is something also super therapeutic about throwing bread dough against a counter when you're angry. Absolutely. <laughs> and throwing it all just into the bread. If, if you're it super, comes out as better bread. <laughs> if you're super stressed, cannot recommend making babka enough. Because mm -hmm. um, it's a very wet dough and it requires a lot of kneading. Any other things that people do for, for creativity, for stress release? This hasn't happened yet, but I'm very excited about it. Ooh. Um, okay. Our Dungeons and Dragons. <gasps> oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. okay. I feel yes. like that would be a great experience so for us to express our creativity and also like process some individual things. That's true. In, the, in a fantastic yeah. setting. Wait, I love that so much because, um, so, uh, you know, I also play a lot of video games in my free time and sometimes it's just fun to do crazy stuff in a virtual world where, you know, like there are no repercussions and you can kind of just like exercise like whatever free will in like a random environment. Like if I wanted to play a silly video game and run around like beating people up or like monsters up for money or whatever, you know, that's totally acceptable. If we did a D&D &D campaign... I would love to be someone different from myself and experience what that's like. And in a space where, like, I'm not going to be judged if someone is like, why are you playing a con artist? You know, like, that's going to be part of the fun. I, if I can, if I like, really dorky and philosophical, please, and please. Quick, like, it, is such, it is such a fundamentally human thing to tell a story, like, with the community. Yes. Um, I, I do think that is one reason why that particular hobby, like, is gotten so popular, particularly over the pandemic, mm -hmm. because there's like this way of like forming this narrative in this community with like people who aren't necessarily in the same city as you. Because um, I still play D&D &D with some of my friends back home, processing some things that like you can't really deal with in the real world. Like I, I love killing the dragon because I can't physically fight Jeff Bezos. But listeners, if you, if you leave with nothing else, know that a billionaire is nothing but a dragon. Those gold coins. Mm. Yeah, and has no use for them. <laughs> you know? Wow, that is so such a good way of putting it. And it gives us this is gonna sound really sad. It gives us a, a sense of control yeah. over our narrative. Mm -hmm. It's so important to have those outlets. Yeah. Like of safe outlets for you know, anger or rage or frustration or like outlets for these like parts of us that I think we feel uncomfortable sort of exploring in the real world mm. but like in the creative world it's perfectly okay. I was thinking about like actually the role of boy bands 
<laughs> like in society. Wow, oh, say more. We had this discussion. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah. like, at first I was like really upset. I was like, what do, what role do these like organizations serve? Like, like what, what? <laughs> like, like, I was just like, why? Like, they're like such a frivolous partisan. But then I started thinking about it more. They're not only listened to by like preteens and like teens, but like, what a safe space for the developing girls to like explore crushes and like emotions like towards the other sex and stuff like that in like a very safe space where they're allowed to be as emotive as they want with very few personal consequences and i was like that's actually quite a good thing for them to have and i realized like there's not a lot of that for boys and it made me a little bit sad i wonder if it is something that is needed these like very sort of contained creative spaces that are safe that's so interesting that you bring that up if i were imagining something like girl bands or you know female artists in the music industry and stuff it's so interesting because the element of sexualization of women in these spaces is so toxic and so harmful that it's hard to think of an equivalent for men yeah. Which is like so sad, right? That the age-old question of how do we give, you know, boys who are being programmed with tox- toxic masculinity a safe outlet for their emotions? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, you know, we could solve that, well... They need some nice girl bands, y'all. I just like was really struck by what it said earlier and like how we bring creativity back into medicine and how that's really encouraged here because we learn by play and it feels like being able to bring that spirit of play back into medicine feels like that's how we will overcome a lot of the challenges that we do have and so it's something that I really appreciate about like this organization and this group of people Mm -hmm. is that we do a lot of that and it's expected I echo a lot of that. I actually was going to make a similar point on play. And I think one reason why I like, gravitate towards dance classes is because I can roll around the floor like a child. I can like, warm myself to really weird positions and like be whoever I want to be. So it's a form of imaginary play that isn't like really, I don't know, encouraged with, especially as we grow into full-on adults. And I don't know, I, f- I feel like psychiatry is a wonderful dynamic field, luckily, where we can form diff- like different areas where we can play. The- there's parts of psychiatry, yes, that are science, that's medication-based, but there is space for play. There's space within our interactions with each other, within our patients for play. Mm-hmm. And that often, that often is the key to healthy therapeutic alliances, I find, in my very limited experience. And I think it's just something that we're going to just hopefully continue to own throughout the next couple of years and throughout our careers. Oh, I was just thinking that I think medicine in particular is a field that values mastery. Mm-hmm. But when thinking about self-care and creativity um, during intern year and residency, I found it really important to think about a little bit more flexibly about trying different things, even if I'm not going to be great at them. So one option would be to try journaling. if even if you, you're not a writer, or go to a, like a beginner's dance class. Mm-hmm. Um, and those little things are something that I've been um, trying myself, and there's like a lot of stress relief in that, but also freedom and just accepting that um, 
I'm new at this, I'm a, I'm a beginner, but there's still like a lot of joy to be had in trying something new. We get to the point of it, which is that fun is at the heart of a lot of this. I think fun mm -hmm. is what brings us together. We have fun together and we're trying to bring that into our work too. So thank you so much. If you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know in the comments if there are particular conversations you'd like us to have. We could make this a repeat segment in yes. the future. So let us know. We're always trying to reinvent here at Doctors Who Create. Thank you all for listening. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at doctorswhocreate at gmail.com. Or tweet us at doctorscreate. Or check out our website, doctorswhocreate.com, to listen to our podcast episodes and also to check out other articles and profiles of physicians who are creative. Intro music brought to you by the band Night Float.